Hey listeners, check this out. If you are an Edmonton-based digital content creator and looking for a space for all your digital content needs, check out the Oxymoron Podcast Studio. They offer audio and visual services, as well as editing, recording, and filming digital content. Book your session at theoxymoronnetwork.com and check them out at Oxymoron Podcast on Instagram. Welcome to What's Your Hustle? In this episode, I have a conversation with Rochelle of Bomb Yeg. In celebration of Black entrepreneurs and artists in Edmonton, we talk about Bomb Yeg's mission of highlighting community, growing, and the importance of always learning and building a foundation. So let's get into it. Here's What's Your Hustle, Bomb Yeg, with my guest, Rochelle. Hey listeners, it's Halima with What's Your Hustle, and I'm here today with Rochelle of Bomb Y-E-G. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on this platform. Of course, of course. What is the concept of Bomb Y-E-G? Yeah, so the way we describe Bomb Yeg or Black-Owned Market Edmonton is that it's a volunteer collective whose aim is to uplift, build, and support Black-owned businesses, creatives, entrepreneurs, and community organizations. And we try to do that by offering innovative platforms. So whether that's an in-person market, online market, we've done curated gift boxes, um, you know, like a business bursary program, we're just always trying to like push the bounds of what services we're able to offer and like what we're also able to have the community come out to and connect with each other. That's amazing. And it's amazing, especially in a city like Edmonton, just to have that and have this sort of community around to support local artists and especially black local artists yeah we've had like over a hundred vendors that we've worked with in the last about year and a half now and so we're always meeting new people seeing new brands we're always on the lookout for new brands and i've learned a lot about the creative talent within our own community just by existing within this like space so (laughs) um yeah it's just been i've really like humbling and honoring experience amazing Describe the team behind Bomb Yeg. Yeah, so like I said, we're a volunteer collective, so none of us are paid for any of the efforts that we do, and that's something really important that I try to let people know because I think they think there's this large team that's like operating Bomb, but a lot of it is stuff that just takes place in my kitchen, so um, (laughs) we work with like a lot of different professionals, Um, most of them are young. Uh, we had a really amazing graphic designer um, that we worked with this past summer, Dax Collaborative. Um, also, like our brand identity was created by Coffee Creative Studio when we had those media packages built. So everyone that is on that core team of volunteers that we call staff, um, they all have their own different expertise and lens that they bring. And so it is able to like round out our team and just make us uh, operate a little bit more smoothly. And that's amazing that you have people of different skill set, like you said, and it brings different perspectives to the team, which is really, really nice to have. What was the inspiration behind starting Bomb Yeg? So uh, Bomb Yeg was really inspired by our sister market in Calgary, Bomb YYC. They had a market June of 2020, and it was something that I saw. I love markets. Everyone knows that I love markets. And I just asked um, if we were going to bring this to Edmonton. And so um, Avon, he started, he assembled a team of community members who were just interested in supporting the black business community and amplifying their brands. And from there, it just kind of exploded and grew. Um, you know, our, 
inspiration is looking at how do we like reduce barriers that um, business owners are facing. So whether that's how they're navigating the banking system, how do they access venture capital, it's not something we've necessarily been able to dive into a lot, but it is one of our goals that we want to start working towards. Um, how do we inspire people to just like get out there and start their brand, start it as a ha side hustle, start it as something that they can transition so that they don't have to do their nine to five that maybe is draining them. Maybe they're really passionate about whatever product or service that they're offering. And I think like also when you uh, think about it is what access do we have? So um, we don't have necessarily that generational wealth within the black community. And so this is a chance for people to start their venture and then hopefully pass down generational wealth. So whether it's passing down a family business eventually, or they just make it and then they can, you know, help their children, the next generation, um, start off and, you know, have that step foot, that foot forward. Do you think that because, you know, YAG is in the title, we're in the city of Edmonton. Do you think that Edmonton plays a huge part in in that, in that, you know, being that generation of building that generational wealth, do you think that it's starting kind of now within the black community because we're in the city? And, you know, no shade to our city, but it is a small city, predominantly white. And, you know, over the last, I want to say maybe 15 years, our diversity has grown exponentially. And it's coming from my perspective that I say that because I'm born and raised in Edmonton, 32. So, you know, being like, being a minority within the city, that definitely was an impact to me and growing up and now seeing it as, a, it as an adult. For me, it's like, it's eye-opening. It's amazing. It's, you know, it's all of these things. And do you think that this city specifically has a role to play in that? Yeah, so specifically when we look at the Black population um, within Canada, uh, the population has doubled in the last 20 years. And so I think that we're going to start seeing more of that, you know, there's more black people, then there's more black business owners, and there's going to be that trickle down effect. Um, Edmonton is the city of um, entrepreneurship and builders. There's a lot of different companies that have been founded here. And um, you like you wouldn't even realize that Edmonton was where they really started. So I think that with a platform like Bomb Gig, um, being in Edmonton, you have access to like programs such as Startup Edmonton, um, ATD's Entrepreneur Center, there's a lot of great support and there's also a lot of great business owners who are willing to give mentorship and support and even me myself, I, I have a mentor that's in the business community and so I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if I didn't like have someone that I could, you know, phone a friend and <laughs> yes. help me out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, there's no shame there's no shame at all asking for help. And I think having this platform like Bomyag provides that, provides that community that says we're all here to build this together. And I think that that's so beautiful. What was the feeling you had when the team was approaching the first market in 2020? Stress. Yeah. <laughs> that is like the number one feeling I had. Uh, we planned it in two and a half weeks on a zero dollar budget. So it was, where are we going to pay for anything? Where are we getting the like, tables, tents, chairs, all these things that we need? Um, I've never been an event planner before. So I remember mapping out the market and then what the market ended up looking like were two completely different things. But as things happened throughout the day, we just rolled and we <laughs> made it work. And yes. so it was really chaotic. Um, 
Merlin, who's actually one of our vendors with Nadidi, she was on our team, and she saw me on the verge of a meltdown, and she said, can I take this from you? And I was like, yes! And so I was able to just walk away from something that I really didn't have time um, to be worrying about, and I think that's going back to that community, is people pitch in, and when we have a need, someone fills that need, whether it's offering support or advice or like finance, um, financial support, there's always someone there that's willing to just, you know, help us out and help propel us forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like 15 minutes before, I had all these questions running through my head because people were not doing events. First year of the pandemic, (laughs) and I was thinking, there's a lot of people lined up. What are we doing? We can't have a market. What if there's a COVID outbreak? Um, We cannot open our doors. This is a very bad idea. But it was a very good idea. Um, The energy that we got from people that showed up um, allowed us. We thought it was going to be just this one-time market. And when we, like, reflected a few weeks after, um, (laughs) we needed a little bit of rest. Yes. But we thought, wow, we have something. The community wants this. The community is here to support this. And it would be a shame to let this just be a one-time thing. So we decided to just keep going. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, 2021, you guys had your first year market celebration anniversary and bigger venue, tents, like you know, volunteers. I, I'm honored that I got to be a volunteer uh, in 2021. What was that? I mean, the stress obviously is still there. I think with any event you put on, the stress is still there, but... I'm sure you were able to like learn a lot of things from, you know, your previous market and then integrated into this one. What was that experience like? Uh, I had, well, first of all, thank you for volunteering. Um, <laughs> oh, there's my pleasure. People such as yourself that come support bomb, whether they show up to like the creative programming or they volunteer, or they just come shop. And it's always just amazing when you get to see and meet people in different capacities and build new relationships. But this market for our first year anniversary was night and day compared to the first one we had. Um, I don't remember the first one after that moment of, we're not going to open the doors. Um, whereas the second market, you know, we got on sponsorships earlier. We had some presenting partners. So that financial burden wasn't there weighing over our head. Um, we had structures and frameworks built that allowed us to just know what we were doing with the vendors. Um, we were answering a lot of the questions, frequently asked questions in the first email that was sent out instead of, you know, 20 emails that yeah. are sent up as follow-up. And I felt like I enjoyed the market. I was able to, I didn't get to every single vendor, but I got to most vendors just to say like, hey, I'm one of the founders and introduce myself, but also being able to be a host and, you know, people like yourself when you show up, being able to say, hey, Halima thanks for coming out or like talk about different brands, see how you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably my favorite part of this market is that I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was pulled in so many directions because everyone knew their role. Everyone knew what their purpose was. And if something needed to get done, people were just doing it. So yeah. I remember just small things. Um, our hand washing basin was full oh. and I, I was like, this needs to be emptied. And the volunteer is like, I'm on it. Yeah. And she was already like on her way to empty out the wash basin, the dirty water. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it was really nice to be able to celebrate the market this time instead mm-hmm. of, um, I just want to go home. When is this day going to end? <laughs> yeah. And I think the, I think the major difference is, you know, having people that are genuinely invested and interested in helping out 
a platform such as this one, right? Like it's not work or chore or, you know, it's, you don't really do it because it looks good on a, on a resume or whatever for yourself. You're doing it because I know for me personally, it's like I'm helping a cause. I'm helping something in an organization that is trying to make and will make a difference within the city. And I think that, you know, having that mindset of like you're a small part of this whole thing helps like, helps the initiative and helps the morale of the market, I'm sure, for you and, you know, everybody yeah. else that was there putting it on, especially, like, you guys as the founders, um, the Bombyag team, the vendors, like, having people just be there in a genuine way probably helped the day go by a lot easier. Yeah. Everything, we had one volunteer, um, she came with her mom, and so cute. I think she was, like, I think she's like, six. Oh. But she was like, no, I have this. And, you know, like, yeah. so you know, like, it's 8 o'clock, I want to go home. But yeah. it's fine. I'll let you, like, put this into the track. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. It's just nice to, like, every little bit help. Yes. And especially because it's for the community, by the community, and help having community come together in such a good way that benefits everybody, I think, is what's really special about organizations like this one. Yeah. Vendors, you had many vendors, like this year you guys, I think, doubled capacity for vendors in 2021. What criteria do you look for in a vendor? Yeah, so uh, we are a market for black makers, and that is our first criteria, is that people have to self-identify as being 50% black, so that's the owners. We're not out here asking for any verification, <laughs> but um, that is something that we do ask. Um, we also in the representation of the booth is that there's that 50% representation as well. So, you know, a husband and wife can have a venture together and they can both be at that booth. That way we're not excluding anyone. Um, we really want to prioritize makers. So whether it's like some element of the creative process, so maybe you're designing the clothing or maybe you're actually making the skincare, uh, you're doing the painting, um, that kind of at some point in that supply chain process, you're involved in right. whether it's the creative design or the production. And then from the service-based perspective, um, it's not, you know, I'm a photographer for this large firm, mm-hmm. but maybe you're a photographer for the large firm, but this is your independent side hustle. Yeah. So just something that has that unique product value that is making it so that that money that you're getting is being kept within the black community somehow. Um and then lastly, it's really important for us to always have at least one space for a community-based organization, whether it's a nonprofit or just, you know, maybe BOM is like the community-based vendor. Not at our own market, right. but something that has a cause behind it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, market fees are expensive. <laughs> Getting your name <laughs> out there is difficult. So we just want to uplift and amplify um, people that are doing great things. So um, we have the Alberta Black Therapist Network, and then we have the Africa Center as our community-based organizations we've worked up this far. There is such a long list, and there's so many people that I'm like, apply for the market, knowing that there's not room for them all, but one day, one day they'll all get One day. (laughs) One day. How does a platform like this one empower you and the people you work with? Um, For me, personally, I have seen my confidence level go up. Um, A lot of the people that I'm working with or are trying to work with me are people that I really admired and looked up to, and I would never feel emboldened to email them, (laughs) DM them, 
Um, and so now we have these collaborative relationships and I just, I get more trust in my decision making mm-hmm. and my ability to get things done as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for the team, I think you already talked about it, but it's, you're contributing to something bigger than yourself. So, yeah. um, you know, some people are like highly administratively skilled and we rely on that and maybe it's not the best, the like most fun part of bomb, but, um, we rely on like attention to detail when we're looking at contracts and all these like emails that we send. Um, some people are just great at going to point A to point B, getting yeah. picking up the tables and everything that we need and getting them set up. So, um, you know, you wherever your strength is, we put them there. We also ask our core team, what do you want out of bomb? Like what feeds you? What do you want to learn or what do you want to just keep doing well so that they feel that they're fulfilled within their role as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then I think the other piece for everyone would be the fact that we're empowering so many people and that could be a simple shout out. Um, you know, Dax Collaborative designed our Afro and I know that he's uh, gotten some work as a result out of that. So just hearing those success stories or watching brands grow or finding new brands to amplify. I think that is really what drives us at the end of the day. And there's nothing, it doesn't take anything just to say, like a small kind word or a, like a, you know, a big ups to anybody. Like it doesn't take anything for you to give praise. And I think yeah. that that's really important that, you know, we continue and to build each other up because that small thing can, can help build confidence and, you know, help people feel more, much more secure in what they're doing, especially when you're starting out and you're, you're scared. Let's just be real. When you're first starting out, you are scared. You're terrified. You're like, Again, you alluded to it, you second guess yourself, you do all of these things and just, you know, one person being like, no, you got this and helping you through that and just taking a moment to breathe, I think is really, really important when, when you're embarking on such a, such a mountain that you know is going to make a difference and a contribution. Yeah, you're like constantly asking Am I going to fail? Should I do this? Am I going to be good at it? And you're going to fail. Yes. <laughs> you're not, yes. not everything is no. going to go according to plan. Yeah. But you just got to try and learn and grow. Yeah. From, yeah. I'd like, you guys know how many times I've had to re-record episodes because like you just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how like how well oiled of a system you have. There's going to be definite hiccups along the way and it's, it's, you just got to do a service check and, you know, just trust that you know what you're doing and trust the process and those yeah. that, and those around you. Because I think once you have a good team and again, the big word is community around you. I don't, I don't think you can really go astray too much. Yeah. How have you been able to navigate through COVID? I mean, you guys started during a pandemic. How has that been? Uh, Pivot is my least favorite word <laughs> ever because <laughs> I feel that's all we've done. Yeah. The biggest pivot we did was December of last, um, 2020. So we had our, our holiday marketplace, but we also had a backup hybrid model of e-marketplace. We thought people might not be comfortable going to shop in person. So we had a few number of vendors for the e-marketplace and we were focusing primarily on doing a physical market. But about, I think it was 48 hours before, uh, government was telling us our market's not going to happen. And so we had to get all those vendors online. So we ended up having 30 vendors. It was really exciting watching all the sales come in. Yeah. And, you know, every vendor got a sale. 
But our team, you know, those people that did not want to do admin, they were <laughs> doing an hour, yeah. an hour break coming on Zoom, and they're like, this is how you upload to Shopify. And within 24 hours, we had all the product on Shopify. Yeah. And even while the marketplace was running, we were like re-uploading images and just yeah. enhancing them. It was like <laughs> online, but it wasn't necessarily something we were like super proud of. So um, we just kept tweaking it as we went along. I don't know if we would be here if it weren't for COVID, to be quite honest. Um, so I think that's something that we're fortunate is, um, I don't know. I think people became kinder during mm-hmm. COVID yeah. and they wanted to support local and they wanted to support causes and community. Yeah. And so as difficult as COVID has been for everyone personally as an organization, I think that COVID is like what allowed us to come together. Yeah. I had not met, I don't think I'd met a single person on the bomb team before bomb. So, yeah. you know, I don't know how we would have been brought together if it weren't for the circumstances we were in. Right. And that's the thing. I feel like in the time of COVID and it gave a lot of people time to self-reflect and reprioritize where they want to spend money and funds and how they can support. And I think that that if we if a blessing comes from COVID, for me, that would be the blessing is just reprioritizing what you want. What has been the most challenging factor of starting and keeping up the consistency of bomb yeg. I think for me, bomb is my number one passion. So managing my nine to five job, along with the um, obligations that I create for myself sometimes with bomb. Um, you know, we're volunteers, and so it might be okay for me to just decide that I'm going to spend my evening working on whatever deliverable it is. But asking another volunteer to put in forty hour work week is not realistic. So. I think that's where it gets challenging. And then working with a volunteer team, um, everyone that's contributed, whether it's one market you came and helped out or you've been on the core team and you were here for three months, six months, or you're still here, whatever that looks like. Um, if that person leaves, then we want to ensure that our our brand identity stays consistent. So mm-hmm. trying to you know, learn what they did or replicate what they were doing while putting your own like personal spin so that you're not... <laughs> You're still yourself. I yes. think that you'll see, like, if you go, well, we can't really go back because our Instagram got banned, but if you were to go back to, like, our first posts um, and just look at a timeline with the way the tone of the captions and everything has changed depending on who's behind it, mm-hmm. but I think that people still see Bomb as a brand, so. Yes. Yeah, it's like getting that consistency with that personal touch. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Doing all of the work yourself, like, putting in the extra hours, you and the team, takes for yourself takes a toll on your mental health and stress levels for sure how do you manage the stress level with that and take care of your mental health while trying to maintain i think that i've learned my team really likes food so yes if we're gonna um (laughs) the uh, love language of everyone (laughs) (laughs) right uh you know work work until 9 or 10 p.m at night then if i order in some food they're generally okay. They might really want to leave by 10 p.m., but um, it's not as painful that way. But for me personally, I just ask for a lot of feedback and guidance, whether it's my mom, team members, community members, my mentor. Um, that really helps me just stay grounded and um, gives me that check. Am I doing the right thing? Like, is my decision rooted in the right purpose? Um, I have had to take 
a step back from what I want, like where I want Bomb to currently be and what my vision is for Bomb in the next five years, because there's always going to be something for me to do with Bomb, and my task list probably has 10 things added to it every day. It's not realistic. It's not sustainable mm-hmm. for me to be doing eight or nine tasks a day. So, you know, pick one. <laughs> if yeah. you get two done, that's great. Yeah. Uh, the rest will wait and, you know, you'll get back to people when you do get back to them or you'll let them know. I think us booking this interview is like testament to yes. um, Can we just push it a little bit further? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, just being flexible and allowing yourself to have that grace. Um, but... I think the key thing for me is there is one person in particular that I really looked up to in the black community and his name's Robert Tyndale. He had a store on 124th street. And before I even lived in the city, I would go there and just admire the shoes. I don't know that I bought shoes, but I would always want to stop (laughs) at room 322 and go look at the shoes. Um, But we started working together in June, 2020. And I don't even know, it's probably spring of this year where I was on a panel with him and afterwards I was like I should not have been on that panel I don't know what I was doing out there Uh, everyone is so smart and he really was my pump-up person and so I said I'm gonna ask you something you may say no but if you say no I need another referral and that's when I asked him to be my mentor and so he said yes and I was like I'm so relieved (laughs) but he's given me like so much good advice or um, just, you know, hey, have you thought about, like, did you hear about this grant? Did you hear about this opportunity? Right. Yeah. Have you met this person? And it's just been a really beautiful relationship. And we're able to collaborate. Like, he was our videographer for our first year market. We've done speaking opportunities together. So it's really nice that I'm working with someone that I really admire. Um, but also that it's not just this one-way relationship. So mm-hmm. I'm able to, like, bring him along on this bomb ride with me yeah. and propel him. Even, you know, these, like, pump-ups that you do. Yeah. It's like a way of giving back. So Yeah. And I think that I like that you said you're like, I don't, I don't know how to ask this, but I'm going to ask, and you can say no. And I think that the main thing is, like, just ask. You just, like... I think the, I think we like psych ourselves out a lot and, you know, overthink things in our heads that are bigger than they need to be in our heads. I think generally, yeah. I think generally things are a lot bigger in our heads than they need to be. And you don't know unless you ask. You don't, like, you legitimately don't know. And if the worst, if the worst answer, if the worst case scenario is no, then the worst case scenario is no and nothing ask. happens. Ask why. Yeah, ask why and you ask will be yes. And sometimes you gotta go through twenty no's before you get that one yes. Yeah, I think that one yes at the end is worth it. Absolutely, because you learn a lot about yourself along the way and in the process of that as well, and and how you want to move and and be fluid with things and you know grow a company. I think the most important thing to do is ask. Yeah, ask and ask why, and just to gain that growth is gonna push you so much further than than anything would, really. Yeah, I think as a like black woman, I'm not gonna out myself too much, but <laughs> I have made some like requests that I would not have made two years ago. Really, and I ask, and people are like, "Yes," and you're like, "Oh, amazing!" Okay. <laughs> so you know, like, just ask. Just and ask. If the answer is no. Can we do it a different way? Yeah. Or is this not a good time? 
um, what can I improve on for next time? I mm-hmm. want to be successful. People are, like, they might say no, maybe their hands are tied. But yeah. they're going to be willing to get you on your way. And it might not be with that organization or that person or that project. But you'll just take that and grow upon it. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love doing is um, if you don't feel like you have the confidence and if you feel like you shouldn't be some, you feel like, why am I here? You go back to that panel. I think fake it till you make it. Honestly, Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is for real. And I think that getting, I feel it too. I think a lot of people who just want to try something different and want to be different and move and grow. I feel like a lot of people feel that and in whatever field you're in really. And I think that, you know, I think faking it till you make it, till you build that confidence that like, you know what, I deserve this as much as the next person deserves this. And I deserve to ask the question as much as the next person deserves to, to ask that question is all you can do, really. <laughs> it's all you can do. <laughs> in November, Bomb Yeg opened their first retail spot in Kingsway Mall. What was that experience like? Um, it was a dream. Honestly, <laughs> my goal is to have a Unite by TMK that's just black-owned products. Yeah. We're not going to get there in the next little bit, but being able to have a few products in the mall over Christmas is just that baby step that we need. And through the process, I said, Bernie's been helping me. She's one of the core staff. I said, I'm really glad that we're starting off with this pop-up and not a whole store because this is a lot of work. Um, but she's been so instrumental. Um, she offered to help do the design and construction. So we were, we painted the booth um, ourselves and we came up with the concept. Even Robin, and this is, I have to back up a little bit. So I've been, um, when we're, when this interview is recorded, I've been taking like a little bit of a step back from Bomb. And so a lot of the team members have really stepped in and um, taken off some of those like uh, roles that I've been playing. And so Robin, she is very intentional and she developed the product and brand list so that, you know, nothing was competing with one another. It had really good quality products and everything just complemented each other within the space. And so everything has just come together really nicely. Um, I'm learning different things about retail and working in a retail collective type of environment. And I am just excited to apply those learnings to one day have our own space somewhere in the future. <laughs> yes, we're putting it out there. Bomyag is going to have their yes, they're going to have their own space, and it's going to be great. And everyone's going to come and support. Yeah. <laughs> How does this platform, Bomyag, bring you happiness and influence you to keep going? Um, just seeing brands succeed or get new work because of an opportunity that we either. You know, we created, we hosted a market, or we put their way um, referrals or just those pump-ups that we like to do. Um, getting to know other creatives, such as yourself, um, just working with new people constantly, um, trying to see is there a potential for collaborations um, that will benefit both parties. Uh, I think the most one would be my top 40 <laughs> <laughs> recognition with Edify. Yes. Um, that brought me like great joy because I've looked forward to reading um, the top 40 and top 30s forever since the magazine was um, Avenue magazine and now I made like new friends through this whole process yes. so there's um, some people that I've already started you know making friends with hanging out with that are in my class and I'm just 
just overjoyed. And I remember being at the gala, and I was like, you're so cool. And they're like, you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just felt like this, like, a cool fest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think those are, uh, there's a lot of hard work, but there's, you know, being able to just still celebrate or being recognized for contributions and I brought the whole um, bomb team with me to the gala so that they could, you know, partake because while it was me up there, it's like the team's success as much as my own. Absolutely. And it's just, I have to give you props. It's amazing. I saw it and I was like, of course, well-deserved to be top 40 under 40 for Edify. And it's, it is, it is well-deserved and you and the team work so hard and to keep it going any big event in the summertime, any small event in the wintertime, it's just, it's one of those things that needs to be celebrated because you guys bust your asses. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You guys bust your asses and it should be celebrated. Thank you. What type of impact do you hope a platform like Bomb Yag leaves with anyone that comes across it? Uh, I just want people to be inspired to start whatever thing it is that they're got in the back of their mind. So... Um, you know, I started a candle business out of necessity more than want. <laughs> I, I needed a candle vendor and, uh, the one I was working with pulled out last minute. So one of the, like, Nunu who actually owns Habisha, she's like, we can make the candles ourselves. It's easy. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, cause she's pretty crafty. Yeah. And, uh, no, she'd never made can- candles before. <laughs> it was not very easy. It was very stressful. Yeah. But now I make them as a side hobby and I'm able to, you know, benefit from it a little bit. Um, yeah, I just, I want people to feel inspired that way that they can try something and, you know, you'll have to change it. I think listening to your interview with Kemi, um, there's a lot of failures, <laughs> but you keep going. You just have that hustle, that drive, that passion and something will stick eventually. So, that's what I want for bomb. I want, it doesn't matter what background you're from, what walk of life, um, just to see people that you don't traditionally see at market succeeding and you feel inspired to, you know, support them or start your own thing. Yeah. If you had to summarize bomb yag into three values, what would they be? Uh, passion. I'm so passionate about bomb. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's such a huge part of my life and I'm just like constantly meeting the new people and trying new things and pushing my own bounds. Community. So we have our vendor community, our partner community, and then also the attendee community. And they're each unique and different in their own way. But then when you form them together, it's just something that's really beautiful that I can't even describe. And innovation. I think we're always, like I said, pushing the bounds of what can we do, what can we accomplish, and what are we capable of. When this episode airs at the end of February, Bomb Yeg and artists across from Alberta would have just completed the Black Features Market at the Alberta Art Gallery in celebration yeah. of Black History Month. What feelings do you go through when you get features like this one? Um, like the feature at the art gallery itself? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I have to, you know when someone asks you something and you're like, okay, keep it chill. Yeah. <laughs> but when... We got approached to do our market at the art gallery. I was like, oh, yeah, that would be nice. In my mind, I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> when, yes. <laughs> All of this, I'm here for it. Yes. Um, the art gallery is such a beautiful venue. Um, it's like an A1 art gallery, the only one in Alberta. So for them to want to host a market for us is just a huge honor. And I think it just speaks to how people perceive bomb and what we stand for 
I'm just a really high regard within the city. So yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited. And I think that when you like get the art gallery in your second year, <laughs> Amazing. anything is possible. <laughs> and I think yeah. it, it speaks to the growth of Alberta and Edmonton and wanting to change and seeing change and being proactive in that and letting, like you said earlier, just Alberta is a very entrepreneurial, especially Edmonton city and artist city. And to celebrate that and to celebrate black artists and black vendors, it's amazing. And I'm so, so proud. This is, this is a great feature. Thank you. Rochelle, what are your top five songs? Okay, I'm the worst, <laughs> the worst at artist name and song name, so I had to do a lot of research. But um, I'm a huge uh, Beyonce fan. Like, girl. <laughs> but I think that my favorite song is very non-traditional, and it's Daddy Lessons, her country song. Sorry. I know, it's so oh, good. It's if so it plays, good. I have to sing the whole thing. Yeah. Yell, Stop mid-conversation yeah. and be like, I'm sorry, I just need four minutes uh, to sing my... <laughs> the beginning song when they're clapping and she's just like Texas, and I'm like, I'm in it, I'm in the zone, yeah. nobody bother me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good News by Mac Miller, it was um, really special to someone that um, is no longer with me, and so I'm always going to hold that song near and dear to my heart. Um, Figures by Jesse Reyes is one of those songs that has been on repeat on my playlist since it came out, and I think it always will be. Yeah. Um, anything to say go. I don't know. A lot of people sleep on him, but he's <laughs> literally so amazing. His, his sounds come on. I'm like, I just need to like stop and have whatever I'm doing and just, you know, just vibe listen. Out. Just vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like Tadao and Naveo, I think. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm yeah. Navajo, maybe? Navajo, um, yeah. Yeah, and then Banana by Haluchi Nation, which is formerly a track called Red. Um, that's a really cool song. And I'm pretty sure that um, some Edmonton dancers were dancing at Katie's one day to that song. Amazing. So it's like, kind of like an Edmonton connection there. Rochelle, where can the listeners go to find more information about Yeg, to be a volunteer, to give praise? Where can they find you? Um... Well, I'm not about to give my address out to people. Oh, no. But Von Rex specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, those are jokes. Um, I would say that Instagram is our number one form of communication, so at bomb.yag. But we still, we're still here saying Instagram's hella racist. So um, subscribe to our newsletter because if they shut us down ever again, we'll just email out whatever our new handle yeah. is. We did start a new backup account. I think it's bombyag.official. And bombyag.ca. Um, it'll always be linked on there. So there's a few different ways to stay tuned, but Instagram is definitely where we post and interact the most. Perfect. I will put the details of where to contact Bomyag in the description of this episode. Rochelle, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out and sitting with me to talk about Bomyag and this amazing platform, making change, impacting community in such a positive, uplifting way. What you and the team do is very, very special, and I am so honored to be aware of it, even, and to be in the presence of it, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm just loving what you're doing with What's Your Hustle podcast, and I'm excited to see it grow, and, you know, seeing you interview some of the vendors from Bombier, and even you're like a little extension of our Bombier family. Oh, thank you. I just love the synergy, so thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, listeners. 
Thank you for listening to What's Your Hustle, created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Halima Hussein. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Your Hustle Podcast. Subscribe, listen, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, as well as anywhere else you stream podcasts. And until next time, whatever your hustle is, you got this.